Welcome to Let This Mind Be New, Brother Michael D'Angelo. Want to uh, here with you again on a special night. Uh, we got uh, Sister Elizabeth there playing in the background. Um, we're coming on a Thursday night because, uh, well, I got a date night with my wife tomorrow night, so it's going to be uh, that's going to be a special time. So um, once. Uh, I have to make a reminder too. Next week will be on Thursday night as well because um, I have a duty weekend, and uh, so just join me next Thursday, nine Eastern Standard Time, um, and I'll be on here again. I see Brother Vato is on here, uh, watching along with me. Hello, Brother Vato, Bible believing Vato. Uh, it says, "What's what's the time on target?" I got a little past twenty one hundred, brother. All right. Uh, so Sister Busy plays us out here on uh, Be Thou My Vision. And uh, that's a definitely a, a good thing to be thinking about. Be Thou My Vision. Always keep the Lord in front of you. Always on your mind, thinking about the Lord always. Uh, let me get this paused here. And shut down. And we'll do all this stuff. I, I got to be my own production crew, so it takes a little bit of time. But um, hopefully everybody can hear me out, all right out there. Uh, the audio seemed to be working pretty good when I came in here and got everything set up. Uh, just a quick reminder. Oh, my mom is on here too. Hi, Mom. Uh, if you guys are in here, just make sure you say hello to my mom, Tina D'Angelo. But... Um, a quick reminder, like I said, next week we'll be on a Thursday night again. Um, also, uh, we may be starting the book of Colossians. Um, I'm not quite sure whether or not we'll finish Hebrews tonight, um, Hebrews chapter 13, as we're going to be getting into. But um, if we do, we'll be getting into maybe Colossians. I, I think I think that's where we're heading, um, the, the, uh, Lord willing, of course. And then also just remember the email address, ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Our Facebook site where I posted um, Let This Mind Be In You Ministries, um, just type that into Facebook and you'll be able to look that up. I, um, I took some photos recently of the setup here, uh, basically my view, what I'm looking at, and then also I took a, a photo of basically what it looks like kind of behind the scenes. So I hope you enjoy that and um, you can check that out on the Facebook page. Also, don't forget all the different uh, audio platforms that you can listen to the ch uh, the program here. Um, that's going to be on Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio Podcasts, as well as Podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Just look up Let This Mind Be In You Ministries Podcast, and it should come right up. Uh, just type that into some sort of a search bar there, and you should come right up. Okay, let's get right into it tonight. Uh, so Hebrews chapter 13, turn in your Bibles, please. Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to get started in the first verse, and uh, we'll, we'll go through here and see what the Lord has for us tonight, okay? All right, verse 1. It says in here, let brotherly love continue. What a great statement. But just remember, this is a, uh, a letter, um, so in a letter, there's no chapter breaks, so it's still continuing the thought, which is really interesting, where it says in the uh, last chapter, for our God is a consuming fire, let brotherly love continue. Man, what a reminder to us to uh, let brotherly love continue. Now let's look at the word let. 
essentially saying let is you allowing. Um, we have a free will, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this later on or if you're with me live. Uh, so if you have a free will, uh, with that free will, you can decide. Uh, God is not uh, making uh, robots out of us as soon as we get saved, although it would be way easier. But he wants our heart. He wants our love. And he wants our love one towards another. Another. Turn in your Bibles to Philippians 2. Philippians 2, um, because this there's another let coming up here. And I'm sure you guys, if you've uh, watched the channel, and you can see right down here at the bottom of the screen here, let this mind be in you, you're going to see another let here in a second. If there be any, therefore, any, if there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, this is verse 1, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Boy, what a reminder there. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who there was, right? Like, let this mind be in you. Let the spirit work. Get out of the way. But made him, who being in the form of God, verse 6, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. This is going to be, uh, this will play into the rest of the chapter you'll see later on, but um, we're going to come back to this. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So immediately we see here, uh, let brotherly love continue. kind of have the same thought there. Let, how are we going to let brotherly love continue? The only way we can have that is through the power of the Spirit. We get in the flesh a lot of times, and we're not going to have a lot of brotherly love for each other. Um, that, that will happen if we get in the flesh. Verse 2, verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 13. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. This is an interesting verse. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Now, again, just discussing the different times, like in, in the Bible, um, angels aren't always meaning, well, the created beings that, that God made as far as what you think of the angels in heaven. Um, or um, in also in different places in the Bible, angels are mentioned as pastors. Um, angels are also mentioned as just messengers. Of course, we have the angel of the Lord, which we we know is Jesus in the Old Testament. But the right here, where it says, um, where it says, "Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware." You just never know who you're going to run across. I think this is a good exhortation for us to just understand that we are to be having the mind of Christ always, 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 and just always thinking about who is it really that I'm talking to right now. 
Just be aware. Don't forget, as it says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. You just never know. Now, it could be uh, as something as simple as, well, you run across somebody and they, they help you out and they just seem to disappear and you never see them again. I've heard stories about that growing up and you know you just never know. But I think that's where the writer here is trying to get across. The Holy Spirit is trying to get across that, look, folks, this is not just something that we speak. This is something that we live. The Christian life is not something that we just talk, but we walk it. And um, that's a good reminder there. Verse 3, remember them that are in bonds as, bo- as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Now, this is a good tie-in to, I, I relate this to Ephesians 4.1. I read that verse all the time, so turn over there with me. Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 1. Bonds. That has the connotation or the, uh, the you get the picture immediately of bonds as being imprisoned. And it says here in chapter 4, I therefore, verse 1, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you, that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So we see here that Paul is is bound. Maybe physically at this time, of course, he's, he was in prison a lot, and this could be uh, another good indicator of exactly who's writing this this uh, this book. But at the same time, we just remember that he, where he's trying to get across is as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. I kind of I kind of got out of this is that when one suffers in the body, we all do. That's the, what we should have as a body, as a Bible-believing Christians, as a one body within a local group, or maybe even this group here. We have to just remember that if it happens to one, it happens to all of us. We are in the same body. And uh, when I think about that, I think about some different prayer requests that are out there. You know, um, I see you, uh, Sister Busy, you're on here, and you know, been praying for you guys and uh, in your certain situations that you that you mentioned to me, um, brother JT. Same thing. There's some other things I've been praying about. That's what it's all about, folks. We should be keeping each other in prayer because if it's happening to one, if one is suffering, we all do. Just think about your own body. If you hurt your knee, the rest of your body is not just like, oh wow, well, I'm glad it's not the rest of me. It's my just my knee. No, when your knee is hurting, your whole body hurts. You feel it all over. It may be centralized, localized to your knee, but you suffer with it. Verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Now, with this one, of course, um, you you hear this a lot in different, uh, almost in a... I don't, I don't know. It, it kind of seems like to me sometimes like in a mocking type of way, like, you know, it's un, you know the marriage bed's undefiled and all this kind of stuff. This verse, folks, is just saying how important God views marriage. That's the, that's the first thing God put together in the garden, did he not? He put together man and woman, and uh, that's how serious God takes marriage. So let's keep that in mind. It's honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. All right, verse 5. And be ready to turn to a lot of different verses. For some reason, I cannot catch my breath. One second, folks. 
Okay, I'm back. Let's see if that works out a little bit better now. Get myself a little bit calmed down. I know... Uh, Oh, I'm seeing uh, Sister Busy. I recorded a hymn, The Family of God. Very fitting to that subject of brotherly love. That's right. That's right. I'll have to look that one up um, if you have it on the channel. Maybe I'll play that at the end of the uh, at the podcast tonight. Um, but that's very important. Like I just said, you know, we are a family, the family of God. Verse five, and we're gonna and we're gonna park here for just a second here. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, let's go through some different verses here that tie in with this. Joshua 1. Turn all the way back to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to see this play out all throughout the Bible. But uh, we're going to go to a few different verses here. And I'm going to read some, so just... Um, it's going to be some lengthy passages that I read, but because I want the word to speak for itself here. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Let's uh, turn to Joshua chapter 1. I got this Band-Aid on my thumb, and it's making it hard to turn pages. I'll get there. All right, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. This is God speaking to Joshua. As I was with Moses... So I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. What a promise there as they're about ready to, uh, as they have entered into the promised land. And God speaks to Joshua. By the way, right outside of Jericho, who, who speaks to Joshua? Who speaks to Joshua right outside of Jericho? Well, somebody tells you to take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground and accepts worship. There's only one that we worship. That's the Word. Capital W. That's who Joshua was speaking to. Uh, let's turn over to 1 Kings. First Kings, chapter 8. I did better turning this time. In verse 54. And it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven. And he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel, according to all that he has promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise. Amen. Which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. The Lord our God be with us, as he was with our fathers, let him not leave us nor forsake us. Amen. And uh, so let's go one more, and I'm going to read most of this. In fact, I'm probably going to read all of it because it's so good. I just wanted to read it. No, not forsake you, leave you or forsake you. Psalm chapter 27. Starting in verse one, follow along with me. If you're, if uh, hopefully you got your Bibles out in front of you, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength, is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Now, we're going to talk about a rock later on. And I have to thank uh, Brother Matt of uh, uh, the other night when he was on his live stream. Excuse me. Um, on his live stream because he spoke about a rock. And we're going to talk about that. But, man, it was good and it blessed my soul. Uh, verse 6, And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou says, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Hmm. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What a great passage of scripture there. What a great psalm of David. And um, I just wanted to just mention that after we'd read that in Hebrews chapter 13. All right. Verse 6, so that we may, and this is back in Hebrews 13, verse 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I equate this to uh, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 and verse 11. Yeah, absolutely. So Brother Vato is here saying verse 10 is a great verse for the saved youth that struggle with lost family members. Boy, that's a, it reminds me of a, a prayer request that was just brought up today and um, with a young brother. Uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 11 and down through verse 20, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may be that may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Again, we, we've mentioned that so many times. I've talked about that so many times of what our vocation is. It's to be ambassadors. And the only way to do that boldly, the only way to do that boldly is through the power of the Spirit. You have to have the whole armor of God on. Okay? So encourage you in that. And then in Hebrews, when it talks about uh, in verse 13 there, that so that we may say that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. There's another thing we can boldly do because of the Lord, because of what he did for us. And that's in Hebrews chapter 4. So if you've uh, been following along with all these different uh, studies that we've been doing, you should be able to see, let's see, should be up to see in this corner here, a link to the, uh, the Hebrews um, playlist. Okay, so you'll be able to see that anytime. So you can go click on that link up there and uh, go check out all those videos in the past. We obviously did not hit everything. But look at what else we can do boldly. Uh, back in Hebrews 4 and verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The only reason why we have that access, as it talks about later on, is because he entered into the holy place once and because of his veil his flesh as we've spoken about that was torn apart for us we may enter in boldly it's not because of our righteousness are you kidding me anybody that walked into that holy of holies with their own righteousness without their sins forgiven were instantly killed that's why they had a bell wrapped around uh, on the on the hem of their garments and they had a rope tied around them when the when the high priest went in one time a year well, Jesus Christ went in once, only once, and we're going to get to that as well later on as well. All right. Uh, Sister Chantre, 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 hope I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, on here for just a few minutes uh, while right before she takes uh, her little man to, uh, to bed, which I can understand. My two are sleeping, well, one of them is upstairs. The oldest, little Millie Grace, is still talking and singing away. And she will do that for a little while. All right, verse, uh, where are we at? Verse 7. Uh, we have a comment here. Read Titus 3.5 and Isaiah 64.6 to see what God thinks about our righteousness. Yeah. Is that the one with about talking about filthy rags? And Sister Chantre is saying that hers is is almost two. Yeah, my daughter is almost two and a half, and my son is uh, ten months. He'll be one at the end of October. So I definitely understand where you're at with that, Sister. But uh, let's uh, keep going on here. I think we're making some pretty good time. Uh, we're doing pretty good, so we'll, we should be able to get 
into the final chapter, uh, final verses of the chapter here. We should. We'll see. All right, verse 7. Now, this, this next verse has been used to uh, lord over people, but as we'll see, and uh, we'll, we'll go to those verses later on, that this isn't meant to lord over somebody. Remember them, verse 7, which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. All this is simply saying is that obey them or remember them which have the rule over you. Later on it says uh, obey in verse 17. But just remember them that have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. See, you're not supposed to be following the man. You're supposed to be following their walk. And if they're following the Holy Spirit, they're following the word of God. That's what you should be following. You're not following the man. You're following the end of their conversation. If their walk, their conversation, does not match what their ta- their talk is. So if their talk is like, blessed, you know, bless God, we are here, and I'm telling you what to do, and this and the other thing, and they don't live that that life, they're not following the word of God. I, I'm not going to remember you. I'm, I'm told to follow the word of God in this verse. So with that being said, just still remember, there is, um, being in the military, I do understand this. Leadership is not something that you're, you're, you're driving people. A true leader is going to be one that's um, endeavoring together with everybody else. See, we're supposed to hold those that have the position over us as far as in the word, as it says here, we're supposed to hold them accountable, and they're supposed to hold us accountable. There's nobody higher or lower in the in the in the pecking order, so to speak. There's different positions, but there's no title of capital B bishop. Okay, there's only one bishop, capital B. That we'll see that later on when we talk about the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Okay, we'll get to that now. I'm excited about this part, and I'm going to try not to get bogged down and try to go through it as quick as I can. But verse 8, I just want to stop here for a little bit because it is such a weighty verse. It's such a heavy verse. Verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Okay, folks, get ready to turn to a lot of different verses here. Take a swig of water. And read a comment here. Brother Vato says, we Mexicans have a saying, your actions speak so loud that I cannot hear what you say. That is good, brother. That's absolutely right. I like that. But we see here in verse 8, uh, as has been mentioned on my channel, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. I just did a couple of um, videos on that. There's been a lot of brethren that have been talking about 1 John 4. So let's turn over there because this ties in exactly to 1 John 4, and I'm going to show you why. Just read the scripture plainly. Just let it speak for itself. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 
Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Um, notice, folks, in verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 13, it says, Jesus Christ, the same today, yesterday, or the same yesterday and today and forever. Who gets mentioned in this verse here in First John 4? Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. It just doesn't say Jesus. It just doesn't say Christ. It says Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. I think that's important. Why? Because notice it says Jesus Christ. Jesus is the name above all names. We read that in Philippians already. At the name of Jesus, every, name, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Jesus was the name that was given, and they called him Jesus. You read that in the Gospels. That was in his name. On here on earth. That's what he was known as at that time. Like, boom. Hey, there's Jesus walking down. There's 12-year-old Jesus in the temple. So that speaks to his, his humanity. He was 100% man, but at the same time, he was also 100% God. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness. We can't understand that. We have to take that by faith. Because it's very difficult to understand. But he was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. He was perfect. And so we see that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And Christ also, as we looked up what Christ means, it's the Messiah. Uh, the one that was, was spoken of, it was prophesied of, Jesus Christ. I just want to go through this, people that confessed this. There's several people that confessed who Jesus was while he walked on this earth. Let's go through them now. Uh, turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 66 which is interesting. It's the number of man, 666. We, we know that from prophecy. But look in verse 66. It says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. They, they thought they were looking for somebody else. By the way, they will accept somebody in the future. They're, they're king on this earth the Antichrist, they will accept them by a vast majority of people. But they, you notice here that they just went their own way and they walked no more with him. That's very interesting. But if you read back, why did they abandon him? Well, <laughs> he says here in verse 61, Jesus, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, and it was the hard saying he speaks about the living bread um, and everything like that. He that eateth this bread of this bread shall live forever in verse 58. He knew in, uh, in himself that his disciples murmured at it. He said unto him, Doth this offend you? What? And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Yeah. And, they, and he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him 
of my father. No man cometh unto the father but by me. And we see there from this from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. But look now, verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the art that what does it say? Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, uh, for he had, for he, it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Now, this is going to get interesting. Very, very interesting up here. So we see that that Peter says thou art, that thou art that Christ. Now, look in John. John chapter 11, just a few chapters over here and let's see somebody else confess this uh, John chapter 11 in verse 23 Jesus saith unto her thy brother shall rise again this is when Lazarus died Martha said unto him I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at that last day Jesus said unto her I am the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Wow, what a statement. And look what she says. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Confess, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. There she is confessing it. Look at uh, Mark. Look, This is kind of interesting, too, when I was reading through different Different things here, getting ready for the, the podcast. Look in the book of Mark in chapter 14. Mark chapter 14 and verse 61. Mark chapter 14 and verse 61, so you can get there as soon as you can. Look what it says here. Uh, let's actually, let's start in verse 60. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witnesses or witness against thee? So this is the trial of Jesus there at the Sanhedrin. But he held his peace. He opened on his mouth. Uh, there's, that's fulfilled a lot of prophecy. And answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, now this is interesting because he, he's not confessing this, but he's trying to trap Jesus um, by trying to get him to blaspheme, right? That's what they always, confu- uh, that's always, always accused him of. And look what he says, art thou the Christ, the son of the blessed? Look what Jesus says. And Jesus said, everybody read it with me, I am. Now, he said that before, and it drove them nuts. It absolutely drove them nuts. Whenever Jesus says something, and the religious folk of the day get absolutely irate, you should take note, because it's definitely speaking about all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, standing there before them, saying, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man 
sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Yes, they will. They will finally cry out and they look upon him whom they have pierced. Old Testament prophecy again. Then the high priest rent his clothes and said, what need we any further witnesses? He said, gotcha. You're claiming to be God, not a part of God, not a fraction of God. You're claiming to be the I am, the all, the ever existing one, the alpha and the omega, the I am that I am. There's Look, folks, if you want to try to skirt that issue and try to figure out, well, because of church traditions, it teaches, you know, that, you know, well, he was fully God, but, you know, separated, yes, separated, they can separate, they, there's distinction all the way through there, but when he says that, he's not contradicting himself, he's not saying uh, something that's not true, he's saying that he is the I am, the I am that I am, and then look at, oh, this is another interesting one, Luke Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke chapter four. I told you I was going to park here for just a little bit. We're going to, we're going to make up some time here, but Luke chapter four, you turn quickly and I'll try to read as fast as I can, but go through these later on and just, and just dwell on them. Think about them. In verse 41, it says, and devils also came out of many crying out and saying, look what they say, thou art Christ, the son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. Wow. So the devils confess. See, the devils believe. Uh, where's that verse at? I, I just, it was in my head, and then it just went away. But we can see here the devils are, con, are confessing. They knew exactly who was standing in front of them. They knew who he was because he created them, and they fell. Well. How can you say that? He no. Yes. The I am, the word of God, the word at the beginning. By him all things consist. All. All means all. You don't have to be a Greek scholar to finally to figure that out. And finally turn to Matthew. Matthew 16, the uh, famous account or the well-known account, Matthew 16 in verse 15. Hey brother JT. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 15 to start out. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but by my but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, remember I said we would be talking about the rock, and thank you again, Brother Matt Lando. What a great point you brought up the other day um, about this. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm going to stop here because the kingdom of heaven, we can just keep right reading down all the way down to verse uh, 28. Um, read down through here, the kingdom of heaven, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Um, then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Okay, so Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Um, I was going to make some more points about, you know, they were not looking forward to the kingdom of God. They were already promised the kingdom of heaven. But uh, I don't want to get into that tonight um, for the purposes of time and also just um, thinking about getting through the rest of Hebrews here. But I do want to talk about this. So like I said, Brother Matt on his channel the other night and that live stream talked about this, uh, about Moses and the rock in Exodus six uh, 17, verse 6, where he was he was commanded to strike the rock one time. And he did that, and water came out. Water came out, living water, which we'll see. And just go ahead and turn over to John chapter 4. In uh, verse ten, because this bears this point be is bear it bears being said again, it warrants being said over and over and over again, until some people, through the power of the Holy Spirit, finally learn, either that or they get saved and the Spirit teaches them, or if they are saved, they uh, stop living in foolishness. But uh, and then you see in Numbers chapter twenty and verse eight. That he talks about the rock. He was told to speak to the rock. Man, I thought that was a great point, Brother Matt. And then what did he do? He struck the rock, rock twice. You don't, you don't strike the rock twice. He was struck once for our sins, for the living water, for that water that poured out. As he mentions here in John chapter 4, in verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Asked. Speak. When you come to that broken, repentant state where you know that you, you cannot, all your righteousness, as Brother Vato said earlier and mentioned about being filthy rags, that there's absolutely nothing you can do. You come in a state of brokenness, you're going to repent and, and cry out to God. You're going to ask, call, speak. Not some sort of magic phrase or words that you're going to kind of piece together and somebody's going to say, repeat after me. No, you're going to cry out in a broken state, in a repentant state where you need help. You're going to cry out. You're not going to just look for the right words if you're drowning. You're going to cry out to somebody that's going to be able to help you. I pray if you're watching this live or if you're watching this at some other time, I pray that if you're not ever come to a, a point in your life to a, that state of absolute brokenness, godly sorrow, if you don't, if you've never come about who you actually are in the sight of God, a sinner, and cried out to Him, if you've never come to that point, won't you do that today? Why won't you do that today? He did the work. The rock was struck for you. The veil was torn for you. The work's been accomplished. It is finished, he cried. It is finished. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. It's not talking about the physical salvation of the nation of Israel. You have to severely stretch and twist the scriptures. You're going to have to seriously rest the scriptures to your own destruction to get that out of that next point verse 9 let's go back to hebrews 13 and we're going to try to make up some time here hebrews chapter 13 
in verse 9. It says, be not, <laughs> that's interesting, we just talked about diverse and strange doctrines. The strange doctrine of, well, it's just, I just believe it, so therefore it is. I don't have to call upon the Lord. I don't have to do that. Prayers of work and all that kind of stuff. Sounds pretty strange to the for, uh, to the scriptures here. And it says, be not carried away or be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. And then it says, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. It was not profitable for those the, the people of Israel. They kept trying to, um, they kept trying to live in their own righteousness. Look at us, look at our our flowy robes, and look how we keep all the law and all this kind of stuff, and we tithe on mint and and Jesus said, "You guys are just sepulchers, whited sepulchers, full of dead men bones." unregenerated, unrepented people. The same thing, the same thing that he talked about when he talked about the publican and the uh, Pharisee, the, the religious person. And the religious person, I'm thankful I'm not as this other man. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And the other one, in a broken state, cried out, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And... Um, I'm looking at the comments here. It says exactly like Brother Matt said in his live stream. Exactly. I would, I've, I've given him credit already about the rock and everything like that. And it, it was so good. It was so good that um, that that point. I was I had to listen to it later on because I, uh, I was actually talking to Brother JT on Skype. But um, when I listened to it, I think the following day, and I heard that about the rock, I was like, I was in the car driving, and I was like, ooh, what a great point. Amen and amen and amen. Uh, like I said, let's try to make up some time here. Oh, yeah. God was sick. I said in verse 9, God was sick of the outward. He wants the heart. Said like just like the Laodiceans, he's spewing them out of their mouth. They're not hot, they're cold. They're just going through the motions of cultural Christianity. And he said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Just makes them sick. So uh, verse 10, we have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts, oh man, I'm going to have to park here again. We may not make it through tonight. That's okay. Whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Yeah, I'm going to have to stop here. This is too good. Verse 12, whereof, wherefore, Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. Look, look through here, and I want you to look at a tie-in here. Look at this tie-in right now. If you would, turn uh, to Leviticus chapter 16, and then keep your finger there, and turn over to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53, and we'll start in verse 10 there. And actually, we'll start, uh, 
We'll start in Leviticus. So let's go to Leviticus chapter 16. Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 20. Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 20. And I want you to see without the camp what they're talking about here and the tie-in and how beautiful this tie-in is. Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 20. It says, And when he hath made an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, there's the altar again, he shall bring the live goat, and Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him, look at the next word, all the iniquities of the children of Israel. Now, did he go through and just name every single person's every single sin? No. It's, it's, it has the same thing of just saying this is all the sins of Israel. We know we're sinners. And he puts it, all their sins, all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat. And he shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited. And he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. Now, if you see here, if you see here, what uh, is this goat offered? Is he killed? No. It's called the scapegoat. Verse 23, and Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation and shall put off the linen, linen garments which he, had, which he put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there. And it talks about washing, talking about the sin offering. Look at verse uh, 24, and he shall wash his flesh with water in the holy place and put on his garments and come forth and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people and make an atonement for himself and for the people. And the fat of the sin offering shall he burn upon the altar. And he that let go the goat for the scapegoat shall wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in water. And afterward come into the camp. And the bullock for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, shall one carry forth without the camp. And they shall burn in the fire of their skins and their flesh and their dung. And... Um, as you can see here in verse 20 down through verse 28, burning without the camp, without the camp, right there, that's we know, let's go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. Jesus, they might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. We know who that sacrifice was. God himself will provide a lamb. God himself. God himself. All the fullness of the Godhead. But look what it says in Isaiah 53. Yet it pleased the Lord, this is verse 10, to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make him or make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, 
and made intercession for the transgressors. Wow. Um, who is this? Well, it's Jesus Christ. But the soul, the Father, the soul of the, of the Godhead, Jesus, the body, the Father, the soul, the spirit, the spirit, uh, was still made an offering for sin outside the camp, but didn't die. It's, it's incredible to think about, but when you think about what that scapegoat was, it was still made an offering for sin, which is a tie-in, I believe, to Isaiah 53. Now, what did Jesus say on the cross? When he speaks to the Father, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The offering made for sin was that forsaken. God could not be in the presence of that. All the sins of the world were placed upon him, were placed upon Jesus. And um, he couldn't be in that, couldn't be in that presence. I don't know fully how all this works out. I, I can't explain it. But I do know that the Bible doesn't have coincidences in it. And when it makes mention of that, that's what it says to me. And if I'm in error, biblically, somebody please tell me how. How somebody makes his soul an offering for sin. Was it a human soul? Well, if it was without sin, it was a perfect soul. Was it a human spirit in, this, in Jesus Christ? Mm, that would be another Holy Spirit, as my brother JT has talked about before. So, no. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily, as it says in Colossians. Verse 14 of Hebrews. Verse 14 of Hebrews 13. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Of course, we read that in Hebrews 11, verses 14 through 16. You can look that up again. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. See the sacrifice that God is well pleased with? It's things done through the power of the Spirit. That's the only way we can do anything good is through His power for His glory. Anything that we do for our own glory in our own power is wood, hay, and stubble that will be burnt up, burnt away. God, help us to have some gold, silver, precious stones left over to cast at His feet. God, help me for all those years that I, I wasted Hmm. Keep myself together here. All right. Verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. Remember, they have to be following Christ, which is the head of the body. As they must give an account, still there is still people that are held accountable that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for, for you um, and we've already kind of mentioned that in speaking about in verse 7 when we went through that 
Verse 18, pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. But I beseech you rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. I'm going to stop right here. Look at the word shepherd. I want you to go now with me, and we'll do this very quickly, to the good shepherd. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Let's look at the good shepherd. John chapter 10. In verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. Thank you, God, for giving your life. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, see, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Thank you, Jesus, for that, because that's us, Gentile. We are now one body. There's no Jew or Greek. There's no Jew, Gentile. We are now one body. Through the power of his death, burial, and resurrection, he gave his life. The good shepherd. Now, turn with me. And let's look at the great shepherd here, as we just read there in Hebrews. And then lastly, uh, so you'll see that back there in Hebrews 13. And then lastly, I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. And then we'll go on to uh, 1 Peter 5. But first of all, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're doing a lot of turning tonight, but that's great. All scripture is given by inspiration. That's why it all lines up. There's no contradictions, not one. First Peter chapter 2, let's turn to that first, and let's look at, lastly, another shepherd. Well, the same shepherd, but another name. In verse 24, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness. Live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. We saw that in Isaiah 53. Any doubt who that is? For ye were a sheep gone astray, but now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. The shepherd, capital S and bishop. You got a man out there trying to take the title of bishop saying, I am the bishop. No, sir. There's only one bishop, the head of the church. And then finally, turn over to uh, 1 Peter 5. Because you see he's the head, and we see that in Colossians 1, 8, Colossians 2, and verse 10, because that is the shepherd, that is the bishop, the bishop. First Peter chapter 5, and verse 4, we see finally 
the chief shepherd. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. That chief shepherd, when he comes in power and glory and rules and reigns for a thousand years and then crushes death and hell, casts them into the lake of fire, and then for all eternity we will bow before the throne because he's sitting at the right hand until the enemy, thine enemies are made his footstool. Death and hell are the last enemies. And when he destroys them, casts them into the lake of fire, that's it. You only see one on the throne. And we'll worship him forever and ever. But you can see there the shepherd. And you'll see another shepherd in Matthew 25. If you've gone through some of those parable and uh, different things going through the book of Matthew, I think, I don't know if Brother Tim and uh, Brother Jake did that or talked about that because they mostly did parables. But let's finish up, folks. We're just going to go a little long tonight. Verse 21. I just wanted you to see that because I wanted to go through that. The good shepherd the great shepherd, and then finally, the chief shepherd. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Verse 21, and we'll wrap it up with the last couple verses here. You would think a Band-Aid, you would think a Band-Aid would not make it so difficult, but that thumb is just slipping right off there. I'm having to turn with my other hand here. Verse 21. Make you perfect in every good work, continuing the thought, to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, let me ask you a question. I think there people that are on here may be able to answer this. So when it says... So when it says here, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, or do to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's in us. The Holy Spirit's in us. Right. But he can claim and not be contradicting to be Jesus Christ in us. As Paul said, Christ in us. Also, the Father in us. I don't understand all that stuff. I don't need to. I need to have faith in it. I take it by faith. Can't draw it. Can't figure it out. Um, I just have faith in it. But look here in this verse. It says, which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. We live in the power of the Spirit through Jesus Christ to do the will of the Father. Distinction, separation, one God. One. Verse 22. And I simply just wrote down here, proclaim the word. This is what the writer says. And I beseech you, brethren, suffer suffer the word of exhortation, for I've written a letter unto you in few words. So all he says is, I beseech you. That's that, that's that same word of, as strongly urging. Brethren, suffer the word of exhortation. That's what we're supposed to do. 
Verse 23, know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom, if he come, if he come shortly, I will see you. Now, um, just really, at the beginning of uh, this study, I talked about possible writers of the book of, of Hebrews. Folks, I go back and forth on it all the time. Well, that sounds like Paul. This this doesn't sound like Paul. This sounds like, right here, this is another one. Um, he calls Timothy, another Paul does, calls Timothy his son. Um and then here he's saying, brother, that's not that's not a open and closed case. Like, well, there you go. It, it's not Paul. But uh, it's just another thing that makes me wonder sometimes. Again, the Holy Spirit inspired and wrote it. Uh, what man's hand was used, whether it be Apollos or Paul, it does not matter to me. It doesn't matter. But uh, sometimes it does matter to some folks, and that's okay. I, I don't I'm, – I'm, I'm with you. If you if you were firmly in the in the camp that it was Paul that wrote the book of Hebrews, Amen. I'm not going to uh, break fellowship with you because it's not that important. All right, last couple of verses. Salute all them that have the rule over you. There's the word again, and all the saints. They of Italy salute you. Hey, Italia. They of Italy salute you. Grace be with you all. Amen. And so. The last two verses there, I wrote down grace, because as the overall theme of the book of Hebrews, grace, 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 God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse. I forget the words of the song, but you have the uh, the idea. Jesus is better. Hey. If you're out there trusting and depending in your own righteousness, thinking you're a good person, nope, you are not. Jesus Christ is the only way, the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Give up your own filthy self-righteousness today. Cry out to God. Come in a broken, repentant state. Have godly sorrow. That's going to lead to that repentance of saying, I just can't, not on my own. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. All right, so let's wrap it up, and let's look at some of the comments here. And uh, we went a little bit over this this time, but that's okay. That is absolutely a-okay. Brother JT. Uh, Brother Vato's talking in here. Brother JT had a comment today on my video about, oh, yeah. Things that I'll turn carbon engraving in, so therefore it can be okay. Goodness. Yeah, I think I saw that. Well, stay strong, channel. Um, I know you have to get off here. Uh, just go back and, and watch all the rest of it and whenever you get a chance. But thank you so much for tuning in as long as you did. Um, for everybody that did tonight, um, I know it was a different night than I normally go on, but uh, um, it couldn't be helped. Like I said, tomorrow, date night with the wife. Um, that's important, super important. So, Because as we saw there in Hebrews 13, how important marriage is to God. So with that, I think, I think that's going to be it. 
brothers, sisters out there, I love you in the Lord. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in tonight. Don't forget the uh, the audio version will be available on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio Podcast under Let This Mind Be In You Ministries Podcast. Just type it in, um, L-T-M-B-I-Y at Yahoo if you want to talk to me on, um, uh, write a longer letter, so to speak. Um, you can also see me on Facebook on the Let This Mind Be In You Ministries page. Just look up that and you'll get to see some behind the scenes of what the actual studio looks like and everything else. So, uh, bu- bu- bu. Oh, my mom's still on here. Well, good night, Mama. My mom was on here. Thank you so much for watching, Mom. Pray, um, if you would out there, the, uh, while I have everybody, my mom, um, nobody knows this, that at least I think that's tuned in, in here. But uh, my mom has rheumatoid arthritis and has had it since she was really, really young. I think since 25. Had all sorts of different uh, joint replacements. Um, she lives in a lot of pain all the time. So would you lift her up in prayer uh, that she would be, uh, uh, that she would feel better and uh, able to uh, get out and about as much as possible? Um uh, so please be in prayer for my mom, if you would. Tina D'Angelo, I would appreciate that if you brothers and sisters would do that. Um, thank you, Brother Tim, for watching. Um, great study, brother. All praise and honor and glory goes to the Lord. What is your next book, Michael? <laughs> I don't have a... Oh, speaking of... Oh, okay. I think I'm going to go with the book of Colossians. I think that's the next book we're going to go through, uh, chapter, verse by verse. Uh, I, I think the Lord confirmed that tonight to me and in, in my heart that we're going to go through the book of uh, Colossians. Sister Busy, Sister Elizabeth, thank you so much for watching. Uh, Bible believing Vato, always good to have you on here. Thank you. Please be praying for my mom. Uh, thank you. All right. So that'll be it for tonight, folks. As I always implore you, because it's an it's it's imploring myself. It's it's just telling myself, being good, be good ambassadors every single day. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Be good ambassadors, and with that, uh, Sister Busy, I'll have to play that song some other time. But uh, thank you for um, telling me about it. But uh, love you all, and I'll see you next Thursday night, Lord willing, if not sooner. Okay, bye bye.